Welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the how-to of creating conscious leadership for business, life and the world. With ordinary people doing extraordinary things and being truly in control of their own health, wealth and happiness. Knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. Introducing your host, Julie Hogbin, author, international speaker, mentor, disruptor and creator of Conscious Leadership and property investor living in the UK. This is Julie Hogbin, Conscious Leadership Podcast, talking to Kate Ashley-Norman. So, Kate, thank you very much for agreeing to do the interview with me. It's my pleasure. It's nice to be on the other side of the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> so, for all the listeners out there and the viewers, whenever you get to view this, Kate runs the Mental Health Revolution podcast I do, as yes. well. And you launched that. When did you launch that? That was, um, the actual launch was in the last November. So it's been running November, December? Yeah, about nine, ten months now. Wow. I know. It, it goes, doesn't it? It goes amazingly quickly. It does. And how many sort of interviews, episodes have you? Well, it comes out once a week. So normally it's on a sort of Wednesday stroke Thursday. Um, I've actually had a couple of weeks off. So um, I, the next one's coming out this week, which is going to be good. And so it's nice to get back into it, actually. Yes. That's a bit of a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. We, we all need a holiday. We do. So the concept of your podcast is Mental Health Revolution. What mm-hmm. I think it's an intriguing name. Mm-hmm. I think I was with you when you chose it mm-hmm. here in Peterborough, yeah. of all places. Mm-hmm. What's the concept behind your podcast? Well, as you know, I teach a program which helps people to build up their mental health. And that's very much about revolutionising the way that we talk about mental health and the way that we treat people with mental health. There is so much misinformation and disinformation out there that I just kind of wanted to find a platform on which to tell people about it. There's a lot of kidology, there's a lot of not very nice things that go on within the mental health world. Um, There's a lot of not very helpful things that go on as well in the way that it's treated and the way that it's talked about. That's not to say that I wanted to just talk about negative stuff all the time. The whole point is that we need to completely rethink the way that we approach mental health and the way that we talk about mental health so that it is much more preventative rather than reactive all the time. So that was the kind of the concept behind the actual podcast. So just thinking about mental health, we all have it. Of course. And some of us perhaps are healthier than others Mm -hmm. with our mental health as we are with our physical health in Mm -hmm. our body. When you say kidology, what do you mean by that? Well, I think the biggest thing is that um, for just as an example, depression is very much medicalised when it need not be medicalised. The big myth that everybody swears by is that depression is a chemical imbalance of the brain. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a very nice little package or very hook for depression to be put on because then that gives a solution in the form of pills. Now, there's actually, when you start to look into it, there's actually not one piece of evidence that states that depression is caused by chemical imbalance. There's lots of like slightly skewed research papers that the pharmaceutical companies have put out, that kind of thing. And this is not me finding this out. This has actually been out out there 
for decades. People have known this for, for decades. It's nothing new. I haven't discovered it. It's been out there for decades. But even now, there is still this myth that is being purported by so many people that depression is caused by a chemical imbalance. Now, that's that's all very well. And, and, you know, people do go on to take antidepressants and they do. It helps them. It helps them to get to, to overcome it, which is fine for a short period of time. But what has happened really is that over over time, people take it for six weeks and then they go on to six yeah. months and then they go on to six years and it becomes a lifestyle. And what that does is that keeps people in this cycle of depression and it keeps people in this cycle of the belief that they have something which is chemically wrong with them, which is actually not true. So I have to say I'm absolutely with you on this because yeah. I do not believe in taking tablets at all. And I personally don't for anything. I think there's other solutions to mm-hmm. things. Physical health is your diet and your intake, etc. So for mental health, if people are on antidepressants, mm-hmm. as they're commonly called in my world, that's what I think they're called. If they're on antidepressants, they've been on them for a number of years and they have a belief system mm-hmm. that they need the tablets to be well. Mm-hmm. What's their options in being taken, getting off the tablets and becoming with the mental health well. Okay, right. So what's, Does that, what's the alternative, what yes. you mean? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? The research actually shows that antidepressants are no more effective than a placebo, yeah. in effect. Okay. So it's very much the thing that, you know, you take this pill, you feel better. Now, is it because the pill's making you feel better? Or is it the placebo? So that's the one element to it. Depression is very much based on the feelings of being powerless in your life. Yeah, okay. Um, and around various thinking styles and obviously very low self-esteem. So actually what people need to do is to, in order to feel better, mentally better, is to, they can actually learn to feel better by understanding themselves a lot, a yeah. lot more. Yeah. So it's about, it's about emotional intelligence. It's about self-awareness. It's about um, understanding how their perception of the world is and how they can change that perception of the world. Yeah. And then taking the action and putting in the the effort to change the way that they see the world, if you like, which is what, you know, the current system that we have, it keeps people in a very, very negative cycle. Now, these are all skills that people can learn. Yes. They are not difficult skills to learn. So it's just a question of understanding and learning. And these, when it comes to the system, these are the skills that we ought to be teaching kids in school. Yes. So I was, from what you're saying, I'm thinking around how negative the news is, Mm. how negative on TV and in the media, which I don't watch anymore Mm. because it negatively affects me. So Mm. I don't watch it. Mm. Um, I learn about world stuff from other sources. It's really interesting how... And perhaps in the UK, and I'm not too sure around the west of the world, we have, and the, the phrase that's just popped into my mind is the tall poppy syndrome. Mm. So if you stand above and you are different too, yeah. you are cut down. Yeah. And and what I'm hearing is that with the negativity that we perhaps breed into and surround ourselves mm. with, that won't help our mental health without a good dose of looking at how we can believe that we are worth more yeah and believe that we are we have a right to be happy mm-hmm. perhaps yeah for 
want of using strange mm. words. Mm. So how would you be able to help people improve their self-esteem, mm. their self-worth, mm. their level of feeling of being well and happy? How can you help them do that? It's just by changing the way that they think. It's, right, okay. it, it, is, it is as simple as that. It's, so they, there's they a, just, it's just a belief system. So your self-esteem yeah, okay. is just a belief system. So there's a simple solution of if you change how you think, yeah. it will change the results. Yeah. So if you change how you think and feel, mm-hmm. it will change your behaviour. Yeah. If you change your behaviour, you'll change how others think and mm-hmm. feel about you, which ultimately changes their behaviour. Mm-hmm. And if they're behaving differently to you, that will change how you think and feel as well. So is there a cycle within... It's almost a cycle, but it's almost not about the other people anyway. Because you Just can't, about control, you can't yeah. control how other people are to you. And, and, you know, when you start to understand how other people try to control you yeah. and how you try to control other people and the anxiety that that creates yes. in itself, yeah. you begin to understand the relationships between people so much more. Yes. So, yeah. you know, when, it, when it's... it's Control is it's a really it's a big issue I think in a lot of relationships and people don't see it because it quite often it comes from, as well from a place of love. When you love somebody, you want to do everything for them or you want them to be happy, so you try and create a life for them. Yes, and quite often you get resistance because people don't want to be controlled. Yes, you know. So it, <laughs> yeah, it's, absolutely, it's, it's a really interesting concept actually when you start to get into it. How yeah, how other people do. You know, the control that other people have over you and vice versa. Yes. It's is a big source of anxiety for a lot of people. Yeah. But they don't realise it. They don't realise where that anxiety is coming from. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, going back to what you were saying about children. Mm. So if we give our children, and I don't have children, but I know you yeah. do. Mm-hmm. If we give our children a good start in life and we can teach them that mental health is something to be looked after Mm -hmm. how can parents provide that for their children i think by letting them get out into the world and make mistakes i think is one of the big ones right life is predictable in its unpredictable yes unpredictability yeah Yeah. and we all are going to go through waves of good times and bad times and when things are going right and when things are going wrong and you know, quite often it feels like all the wrong things are happening all at the same time. And, you know, and we need to be building the skills so that kids can ride the waves of the lows. They, they strengthen themselves at the high point so that they can ride the lows with, you know, with volition and with, with strength. They need to be able to make mistakes. They need to be able to fail. Perfectionism is a big thing, I think, in children, particularly in schools. So that perfectionism, they need to learn not to be perfect. They need to learn to tolerate the grey areas, if you like. We need to maybe talk to kids in a less mental health kind of language. What what do you mean by that? So um, it was quite interesting. I was actually this morning reading an article in the paper about how children are being taught to use words like triggers and anxiety and panic attack. They've been taught to use those well, words. Well, taught in, in the way that, that because mental health is being so talked about in schools, so schools have to be very aware right, okay. of what's going on. Yeah. 
So the kids are obviously picking up on this. And a lot of it comes from the language that we use. Yes. So when kids are, you know, when you've got a sort of a 14, 15 year old girl who's saying she's being triggered by something she's seen in social media and it's triggering her anxiety, she's learning the language of mental health. Yes. So instead, actually, what we need to be teaching them is not that she's being triggered, but actually that she's looking at something in a certain way. But if she had high self-esteem and stronger thinking, you know, she managed her thinking better. She was less maybe, maybe she's a bit catastrophic. Teenage girls can be a bit catastrophic in the way that they react to things sometimes. Then she wouldn't be triggered. Her anxiety wouldn't be triggered. Yeah, okay. Do you understand where yes, I mean? It's I do. about coming from it from a completely different point of view. So it's not about blaming the social media and what's happening outside because you can't control everything that's going on outside. Yeah, no, you can't. It's about building the child up in a really positive, empowering way from the inside. Which would start at a very young age. Which would start, it can start from, yeah, yeah. from toddlerhood, really. Yeah, it's very interesting because I've been having thoughts recently. I only discovered. And I think this has something to do with what you're saying. Mm. Um, I only discovered probably a couple of years ago that my mother hated dentists, mm. hated them. But I don't have that fear. Yeah. So something she did all the way through my upbringing yeah. allowed me not to be anxious yeah. around <laughs> around um, dentists, going mm. to the dentists and, yeah. you know, keeping. So there's something in around, for me, how how our parents bring us up and um, for those of you that are listening to the podcast i'm i'm doing a video of this and the camera's just fallen over as well <laughs> and we're now protecting it's, it with kate's flip-flop yeah, that's okay <laughs> the flip-flops will hold it up <laughs> um so for me there is something in whatever my mum's belief systems were around whatever it was mm. she didn't and neither did my father whatever they may have had they didn't imprint that into me as a child mm to give me any anxiety around yeah, yeah. the thing. Yeah. So for parents, what's one thing they can do to, I mean, maybe a quick tip if there is one, and I have yeah. no idea, a few quick tips for parents on mm. how they behave around their children, mm. what they say around their children yeah. or do around their children mm -hmm. that can support the child in being healthier yeah. with their mental health i think the easiest one to Im implement straight away is language and the use of positive yeah. empowering language because not only will it help the child it will help the mum and dad as well yeah simple as that yeah simple as that it's you know we, we talk in such disempowering language to each other sometimes yes and you know what i'm probably as guilty of it as as anybody you know when you're tired you're a bit stressed and all the rest of it and you know you want to you know just flop in front of the TV and, and chill out from, from a busy day. But it's just a little bit of effort. And often that's an intrinsic thing in that, you know, you'll, you get so used to talking and using certain language. It's just a little bit of effort to make the change from negative to positive um, is probably the easiest way. Yeah, okay. And I think that will probably be more, it will be easier for some mm. than others to do that, depending on what their upbringing is. Who is your client group? Are you working with children or adults? I prefer to work with adults. I've got yeah. I've got four kids of my own, and that's more than enough. <laughs> for me. So, so uh, I I love working with depressed people. Right, that's my that's my okay. joy. I know that sounds a bit of a strange. Yes, 
but literally with uh, you know when I work with depressed people within a couple of weeks when you see the physical changes that they go through and it is physical uh, it's really really empowering so somebody who's depressed in a couple of weeks can have massive inroads into not being depressed but they have to want to change yes that's that's, you know like anything in life they have to want to change if they're looking for that magic cure that I'm going to wave my hands over them and that, that they're going to like, it's not like that. It's bloody hard slog, to be honest with you. But you do have to put it. It's and you've got to do something. You've yeah. got to do it. So if you're controlling your thoughts, interestingly, if you're controlling your thoughts, which is what I'm hearing it's mm. mainly about, a lot of those thoughts would be unconscious. So they just run around like the second yeah. little voice in your yeah. head that you don't hear, but is always talking yeah, to you. Absolutely. Well, there, we, so we have about 65,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. You know, you can't be conscious of no. every single thought. No, absolutely. And we're something like 90, over 90% habit, aren't yeah. we? So, mm-hmm. and we do things so we don't have to think about doing things. Yeah. And that's really interesting. So when you're working with someone who's depressed, you are asking them to be consciously aware of unconscious thoughts that are potentially driving their thought processes, therefore behaviours, therefore feelings. Yeah. I don't know, I've got that round the wrong way. Mm. Oh, interesting, interesting. I may have somebody I can point in your direction. Well, you know where where to find me. (laughs) But I also love working with with, with, um, business people, with entrepreneurs as well, because, um, I mean, you're an entrepreneur. I'm I'm kind of trying to be an entrepreneur. I haven't quite worked out whether I am or not yet, but uh, but we're always trying. But um, I think that because entrepreneurs as people, because they see themselves as go-getters, they're not always really cognizant of the decline in their mental health until it really hits them. Yes. Because they keep powering through. Yes. And quite often they come, yeah. you know, and, and they have that mentality that, you know, you know, we just keep, we have a, uh, a phrase in our family. We keep we KBO, keep buggering on, and you know, we, we, we have that that process of you know, we just want to keep, we'll just keep powering through, and this, that, and the other. And actually, you know, you've got to be kind to yourself. You've got to, you do have to yes. have that self care. So you know, for, yeah. for 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 entrepreneurs, for and, and and people running small businesses, the program's absolutely brilliant because what it does is it builds them up from the bottom up. Yes. So it, it really, really makes them strong and powerful from the bottom up so that they can because we all live our lives at 100 you know, miles an hour and when you're living your life at 100 miles an hour your stress levels are at 100 yeah. miles an hour so it's about bringing those stress levels down on a normal kind of day so when the shit really does hit the fan yeah. you know you, you've got that uh, energy in the tank to, to yeah you know, to deal with it's it. interesting you're saying about that because many many years ago I um, designed and rolled out a stress management program into a retail mm. industry one of the biggest ones in the UK and it was very interesting because when I went to the senior managers to say because I could see it around mm. me and I went to the senior managers to say can I do this and mm. they said we're all right mm. and I and I told them no you're not all right I can see it yeah. I got the permission to roll this program out and interestingly, there were two very young men. One I wouldn't, I will never forget. Mm. He was twenty-one, and we were, I was rolling the program out, and it was stress awareness. Mm. Um, so, you know, so what causes it? What mm. it is? How you might know if you've got it? What are the symptoms? What are the signs? Mm-hmm. And then how to manage it. And this young man, twenty-one, had broke down in tears on the program. Mm. And I spoke to him to make sure he was all right in one of the breaks because he said, you know, carry on, tears rolling down his face. And when I actually spoke to him, 
He was a young man going places in his life. He was on a graduate training program, which he wanted. Mm. He had come through the program well, mm. like with flying colours. He had been promoted. To be promoted, he had been he had to move. Mm. At the same time, all that was going on. His fiance at the time had become pregnant, mm. so that was additional pressures on him to look, you know, new baby on the way. And then he had to move, and it was for six months, I think, or a nine-month placement for the next stage in, in his career. And he wasn't doing very well. Mm. His performance had gone down, and it had gone down on a very gradual slope to the point where prior to coming on the program, his area manager had said to me that he was going into performance management measures mm. the very next day. And this young guy didn't know it. So we... We did the two-day program and I phoned his area manager up and I said, there is absolutely no way we can put this guy through performance management process. He needs care. He needs support. He needs help because he's so unclear in his thoughts about what it is he should be doing. And he actually thought he was doing it, mm. that we need to support him in becoming well mm. again because mm. he very clearly wasn't. And what happened in this case was that we, the organisation acknowledged the fact that they were partly to blame for the issues going on. I spoke to him after the event and said, what is it you really need? Because it was about what he needed. Uh, we organised a transfer. He went back home. Mm -hmm. So it took the pressures off of moving. It put him back with his fiancée, um, took the pressures off of paying for a flat and trying to buy a house and, and all those mm -hmm. financial issues. He then went down to three days a week because he, he got worse before he got better. And about two years later, and then he left. He left the organisation. And about two years later, he actually rang me up. This is a real blast memory mm. from the past. He rang me up. He found me. I was still at the firm. He, he rang me up and said, thank you for the two days. Thank you for having the conversation mm. with you that you did. Thank you for talking to my area manager. It was the best thing that could ever mm. happen to mm. me in my life. Mm. He was 21 years old. Mm. I did the same stress management program with women in their 50s. Another young man I was talking to was probably 28. And he said at the age of 24, again, all in retail, mm. at the age of 24, he shut the shop up. He woke up 10 days later in hospital, mm. doesn't remember anything. He'd collapsed on the way home mm. because they hadn't looked after and hadn't felt able to say or maybe didn't even know they were going down that slippery mm. route. Mm slide to somewhere unpleasant so thinking about entrepreneurs and business owners mm. and my entrepreneur my definition of an entrepreneur is the buck absolutely stops with absolutely, you yeah. absolutely mm -hmm. there's no lifeline there's no body else yeah. but you yeah. that you can rely on to mm -hmm. do the thing that it is you're doing what and I don't know whether you can answer this question or not. I'm hoping you can. I'll try. <laughs> what are some of the, I'm going to say, earlier signs? Mm -hmm. So if we if we can be preventative, fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have coaches and mentors yeah. and I was telling you earlier, mm -hmm. I'm working with somebody that's in, you know helping me clear things from mm -hmm. my mum's death last year. As an entrepreneur or a business owner, whatever we want to call ourselves, what are some of the earlier signs that people may be able to recognize mm. that may give them a clue that something isn't quite right so rather than let it get to the point where they're depressed yeah. or stressed or yeah. what are some of the earlier signs 
maybe that some people can recognise where they're going, oops, actually, let's have a conversation with somebody about this now. Mm. I think a lot of it comes from overwhelm. So when you're looking at that decision-making process, so we're talking about like the buck stopping with that individual, the inability to make decisions with clarity is an issue. Yes. When you're trying to build a business. Yeah. So I think that if if there is ongoing confusion in that decision making process, I think I think that's quite a big sign, particularly yeah. if in the, you know, in the past you've been, um, you know, quite focused on decisions and, you know, can make decisions quickly and easily. I think that's that that's quite a big one, because, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, you need to have that clarity. Yes. Thought. What happens when you get stressed is that your whole vision kind of narrows down yeah. and you become very tunnel visioned. Yes. Which in many respects is quite good because you focus on what's right. But if you like that all the time, then you stop looking around you. Yeah. And then you can't make those decisions anymore. Yeah, because you haven't got the... You haven't got the width, the breadth yes. of, of knowledge and, and outlook, if yes. you like. So I think that's probably a, a quite a big one. Could you work with people in that position? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It all comes from the same place. Everything yes. comes from the same place. So, so yeah, totally. Yeah, it's okay. A, it's, a really, it's a really interesting. Do you know what, Julie? There's nothing complicated about it. No. And that, that's the thing. We overcomplicate things. Yes. It doesn't have to be complicated. Yes. I like that. Oh. I like it not being complicated. Yeah, yeah. no, it is, it's actually very, very simple. And when you know it, you think, why the hell didn't I know this before? And this is interesting as well, going back to children and going perhaps back to the education mm. system and how we're taught a certain way. We're not actually taught how to think. No. And to think. No, no, we learn it from parents, we learn it from our friends, we learn it from our teachers. So we learn it from all all these different influences. Yes. And I know there's been, I mean, uh, my background's learning and development and management and leadership development. And I know there's research done on how we, um, there's four key areas that we as adults need to be able to learn. And some of those, one of those things is Mm self-concept. So what we believe to be true. Yeah. There's another one around timing, about as adults, we need to learn when the time is right, Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise we forget, basically, Mm -hmm. and it has to be right for us. Mm -hmm. There's one, I'm I'm not probably going to remember the four, one is around the motivation, so what's in it for us now, Mm -hmm. and experience. So as adults, they're the four things as adults that make us different to children, and if we can tap into our previous experience, it's easier for us to learn. Yeah because it makes it relevant. So um, I'm just thinking around with entrepreneurs, mm. small business or business owners who maybe are just walking into that field. And this is a few thoughts I've been having recently around you know, the title of this podcast is Conscious Leadership. And mm. if we can consciously lead rather mm. than leading from our unconscious and not knowing what's driving us, mm. um, we can create far better results far quicker for us, for our family, for our loved ones. And we are more aware of the decisions we make and why we're making them, mm-hmm. which is exactly linking into what you're talking about mental health, because yeah. it comes a lot of it comes from that. What I see a lot of is that people know they want to make money. Mm-hmm. They see the wealth aspect of being in business. Yeah. 
and they are unaware that if they're some are not all so I'll I'll put a proviso on that some people run for the wealth without looking after the health mm-hmm. like physical and mental yeah and then of course the wealth becomes further away because it's we've almost got to be a I'm going to say a package mm. to do things easily mm. or to do things easier so for somebody that's thinking about going into business thinking about becoming an entrepreneur and I love the word and I find it very overused mm-hmm. and people call themselves entrepreneurs when they're very clearly not um, and people you know, think they're running a business but they don't have any systems mm-hmm. or processes in place and they are a self-employed individual mm-hmm. whatever we want to call ourselves again would you be able to help people if I say help support help maybe is the wrong word support people who were considering going into business mm-hmm. with their clarity mm-hmm. and their ability to think clearly clearly about what they were going into short answer yes yay (laughs) nice answer okay and I do hear that you love working with people that are depressed because you can get them out of that yeah and teach them new ways of of behaving but it's interesting because because your mental health is like a scale yes so you know the whole thing going back to the the medical model of mental health it's 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 you know the reason why that doesn't work is because it's almost like an either or and the reason why we have so much stigma and that people don't look after their mental or, or don't know how to look after their mental health is because they think it's something almost shameful. That's why the stigma yes. comes first. Why people, yeah. That's why your 21-year-old chap probably didn't speak out because he yeah. felt that he couldn't because it might you know, affect his chances in the in the company or whatever. Yes, um, absolutely. So, but actually your mental health is a bit like a sliding scale. So, yeah. you know, if you if you go from, from point zero where you've got positive and negative, the iller you are, the you know, the more you're into the negative, the, the iller you are. Yes. But you can learn to get, you can bring yourself back. Yes. And then go into the positive. And actually, there's a whole continuum that you can yes. go up. <laughs> so even when you, you think, you know, even though you haven't got mental health issues, which, you know, again, you you know, by, by saying you've got mental health issues, by everybody's... When people talk about the stuff that they've been through, you know, and that they've survived various things and this, that and the other, it, I, I understand why they want to do it. It's great that people are talking about, you know, what they've been through. And I fully support and understand and think that's fantastic. But that's kind of normal. Everybody goes through yes. stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's about getting back into the positive. And then they, there's still so much further to go. Once you're well and you're mentally strong, you know what? There's still further you can go. You can yes. still go off that scale. Our minds are such powerful things that no matter how much shit gets thrown yes. at it, it actually can overcome it. Yes. It has that ability to overcome yeah. it. I ab- yeah. absolutely, 100%, yeah. totally agree with you. Yeah. It's untapped. It, it is. It's totally Abs- untapped. Un- untapped. Yeah. Okay, so... If somebody wants to get in touch with you, yes. how do they do that? Um, I do have a website called, funny enough, www.kateashleynorman.com. <laughs> uh, but I'm plastered all, I'm all over um, Facebook, LinkedIn, social media. Uh, there's not many Kate Ashley Normans around. No, so, like there's not so, many Julie Hockabees yes. either. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm on social media. So anybody, I'm, I connect with people on a regular basis and I do, uh, I get in touch with people. I'm quite happy to lead you know chat with people online so yeah okay as long as they're not being weird (laughs) 
weird. So don't be weird, listeners, <laughs> if you're contacting Kate. Don't be weird. Um, so perhaps one final question then. Mm. I'm sort of a, a question out of the blue, really. Yeah. If you could give a piece of advice to your younger self, yeah. what would it be? I would say not to take myself so seriously. <laughs> I think that, yeah, do you know what? I was actually thinking about this today because I, I'm doing a, a, a talk at one of the um, Progressive Property Network yeah. events this week. I'm up in, up in Liverpool. And one thing that I've really struggled with when I've been like putting my, my talk together is my story. You know, I've, I've been very open about the fact that I've never had a mental health issue. Yeah. And I still stand by that. I've never had a mental health issue, but I have had a lot of issues that I've gone, you know, things that I've gone through in the past. And I was also, because I was, do you know Teresa Brooks? Teresa Brooks coaching? Well, anyway. No, um, no. I'm surprised you don't know her, actually. But anyway, she, um, I interviewed her for my podcast and we were, we were talking about this and, and, and actually... There was a period in my time when I had quite a few panic attacks. Oh, okay. Uh, and I think that that was kind of the start of, of my journey into, yep. you know, because I managed to pull myself through that. Yes. And then, you know, in later years when I, I discovered the programme and, and, and became a consultant within that, it all kind of clicked into place as yes. to, you know, what I went through and how I managed to pull myself out, yep. out of that. What, what, what would I say to my younger self? Do you know what, Kate? I was far skinnier than I thought I was in those days. <laughs> That's what I think. I wasted so much energy worrying about being fat, and I was actually <laughs> two stone lighter then than I am now. So I would not, I would tell myself not to worry about that. That's what I would tell myself. Okay. <laughs> it's really interesting the self perception we have of, yeah. and then how perhaps I'll say with age, you suddenly realise it's not important. Yeah. It's really not important. Uh, I saw a photograph of myself, and, and I thought, that's my bum. I, they, I didn't have a big bum. I did not have a big bum. I went through years thinking I had a big bum, and I didn't. But there you go. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's another podcast episode you do about <laughs> self perception. Well, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so. Again, Conscious Leadership Podcast is signing off for the for the video and the recording. Um, so if anybody wants Kate to come and talk on mental health, yes, yeah, contact her. Happy. Yes, um, and again, if anybody wants me to come and talk about Conscious Leadership yeah. and everything that I'm doing. Well, we can be a double act. Yeah, now. we could be a double act. <laughs> I think we'd probably work quite well together, actually. <laughs> so uh, thank you for listening. If you've got any questions, please find us and ask us because both of us will be more than happy to help um so bye for now and see you on the next episode thanks for listening to the conscious leadership podcast you can contact julie on linkedin facebook instagram twitter pinterest and hear me out please subscribe to her youtube channel for how-to videos and more content and please message julie to have your questions answered until next time, remember, knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. See it, say it, write it, believe it and achieve it.